0: Everyone, you are listening to Digital Sites on CKET ninety point three FM in Montreal. I'm your host, Saussan Kadura. Digital Sites is a new monthly show that uh, starts today on CQVT. We will be airing every first Thursday of every month. So make sure to tune in from 2 to 3 p.m. And uh, the show will be focusing on visual digital arts in all its forms, whether it's printed online or even projected on buildings. And uh, this is actually the topic for today's show So on our first show, I will be focusing on what we call projection mapping. Many of you might have uh, seen the many uh, digital sites creating through this medium, through uh, projection mapping, but maybe uh, not many uh, know it by name. Projection mapping is what uh, creates this uh, uh, big scale beautiful projection that you see on buildings during festivals or even you know music concerts or other big events. But what you might not know, uh, projection mapping is much more than this. It is a medium that uh, has so much potential and it's only starting now to show its true uh, potential beyond the aesthetics and the effects associated with it, which, uh, which are great as well. But projection mapping can be more than this. It can be a medium that could be used for artistic exploration, conceptual um, experimentation, but also to create projects around community building and social justice issues and community storytelling. So today we're gonna talk about all of this and more during a two-part interview I did with members of uh, Map Montreal. Map Montreal is a non-profit organization in Montreal that focuses on projection mapping, and they're having an exhibit right now at the Never Apart Gallery. Uh, the exhibit focuses on micro mapping, which is a, a, a type of um, projection mapping is uh, smaller scale. Uh, projection mapping, and we will be talking about that during the show. So, in the first uh, part of the interv- interview I did for today, I will be talking with Tian Vu who is the founder and artistic director of Map Montreal. He will talk about the group and the exhibit they're having right now at the gallery. Uh, Tian will also introduce us to what projection mapping is and talk about micro mapping more as well. So I actually met, uh, for this first part of the interview, I actually met Tian uh, at the gallery, at the Never Apart gallery, where where he also gave us a a tour of the exhibit. And he talked about the different artists and pieces exhibited at the gallery. So stay tuned for this first part. Very interesting. Um, Hopefully we will get you interested to go and check out these uh, pieces um, uh, focused on micro-mapping in particular. During the second part of the interview that I will play today... I will be joined again by Tian who joined me this time in uh, in security studio here but we will be also joined by Saulo Madrid who's also from Map Montreal Saulo joined us on Skype for the second part of the interview and in that part uh, we actually um, you will hear us discuss furthermore projection mapping and talk about all the potential, uh, as I mentioned, that this medium has beyond just creating beautiful aesthetics and effects on buildings. So interesting discussion planned for today, uh, for today's show with our guests. So definitely stay tuned for both parts. And I will start with the first part uh, that I did with Tian at the Never Apart Gallery. Keep listening to Digital Sites. We are sitting here in the never-apart gallery in Mile X and I'm sitting here with Tian Vu Dang from the MAP Montreal organization now Tian is the founder and artistic director of montreal and we are sitting in the never apart gallery because uh, you guys are organizing an expo about micro mapping which is a kind of projection mapping so for people who don't know exactly what i'm talking about this is what we're going to discuss with Tian. the expo started already on october 10th and it's going on until december 4th so today we're going to talk about the focus of this expo the organization and also, hopefully, at the end, we're going to do a tour in the gallery and talk about some of the pieces and some of the artists that are participating. So, first of all, thank you, Tian, for talking to me today.
1: Hi, thank you for inviting me here.
0: So, um, I guess uh, to start with, uh, before we talk about the expo, if you can maybe introduce people to the organization Map Montreal. You are the founder, as I mentioned, so you are you were there from the beginning. So if you can talk to us about when and why it started and also what is your goal? What was your goal to start this organization?
1: So Map Montreal is a non-lucrative organization. It's a cultural organization that has been founded to promote and develop the the potential of uh, projection mapping creation. We we started in 2016, so this is our fourth edition. And um, we wanted to show to the people what can be possible with projection mapping.
0: So you mentioned this is very interesting. So you mentioned uh, you guys focus on projection mapping. So I guess I think most people are familiar they saw it before maybe in festival or concerts. So maybe they're familiar with it visually but they might not know it by name. So if you can maybe explain what is projection mapping.
1: Projection mapping is uh, basically the a creative use of uh, projectors. Projectors are made to to use to show uh, presentation, keynote presentation, PowerPoint, movies. They are they are not meant to to use to transform buildings or, or objects. So projection mapping is, is basically a way of artists to use uh, the, the, the power of projection of projectors and use it in a creative way and project on buildings and objects and anything except uh, a screen.
0: Um, I know projection mapping was called for spatial augmented reality, but also I've heard, and I don't know I want to ask you about this, I've heard other terms like mapping, video mapping, uh, projection mapping, pixel mapping. Are they all all of these nomination mean the same thing?
1: Yes, since the projection mapping is relatively new people are trying to find a good word to that so every everything about that is uh, basically uh, actually the, the practice uh, have at first very limited definition like for some people projection mapping is basically using f- uh, building and making special effects that that, that make the building move and an optical illusion that like that but Gradually, we we want to expand the definition of of what mapping is possible and, and to do more things than that. So
0: you mentioned buildings. So that's I think that's what most people are familiar with. When a big build, and you have this amazing, uh, you know, projection on buildings. And uh, but today you guys are uh, holding, like I say, an expo in Never Apart, and it's focused on micro mapping, which is uh, really a smaller version or, or projection mapping in smaller scale. Which I think maybe, and that's my impression, maybe less people are familiar with. So can you maybe talk to us about what is mapping, And does that mean there's different kinds of projection mapping?
1: Yes, exactly. The, most of the people know projection, projection mapping through... Uh, Monumental projection on, on big buildings. And the, the point of, uh, of this exhibition, of micro mapping exhibition, and this is already the fourth year we have been starting this micro mapping exhibition since the beginning of, of uh, the, the organization. And it's want to show that uh, mapping can be other things. It can be um, an, on a smaller scale, it can be um, in projection mapping on buildings, usually, it's only for a few days. So we want to show that uh, projection mapping, micro mapping, can be indoor for, for more uh, permanent, permanent, like um, like any art, contemporary artwork. And also, we want to um, like big monumental projection is not accessible to any artist. And micro mapping is, I want to, to say, is a bit more like mapping data. So so an artist can create his own micro mapping with all the freedom, artistic freedom he wants.
0: So, you guys are organizing this expo before we talk about it, and hopefully we get up and maybe do a tour. maybe to go back to Mo- uh, Map Montreal, you guys are known for a yearly festival, but also throughout the years you do uh, events like this expo. So maybe if you can talk to us about this yearly festival, maybe our listeners will keep it in mind and you know wait for it for next uh, next year. And maybe talk to us about other type of uh, events you guys generally do. Um, I saw on your website that you do a lot of collaboration internationally as well, so maybe if you can talk about that.
1: Yes, since our mission is to promote and develop uh, projection mapping, we're having a a yearly festival where all the energy is concentrated on the big events, make it, uh, how to say, a bigger echo of of what we're doing. But we try to be active throughout the year with uh, smaller activities. Like recently, we we made... um, uh, map the citrouille, like map your pumpkin with the uh, arrondissement du plateau, where we invite people, especially kids, to to map a pumpkin uh, inside. Was the kind of smaller scale activity, but still fun and and uh, resonate with what we do. And um, the, the festival happens in September, mostly in the Marlin. This year we had the the biggest event at the new skate park in in the Mailen and we have um, events at. Um, we have this exhibition at Never Park. We have events also at uh, Moment Factory Studio, and uh, <clears throat> during the year, for example, last year we have a collaboration with the Mural Festival, where we we had um, we could uh, we have an installation where up to four people could collaborate on a digital drawing on on a big wall, and for the internet, international side we try to have activities. Uh, Um, out of Montreal during the year that this uh, this year we're gonna go to Tokyo and start uh, to start to develop a project in Tokyo in the past we did a project in in Florence as well
0: so uh, if we're gonna maybe start to talk about the expo itself another part like I said it's going on until December 4th so you guys have a lot of time to come and check it out it's very interesting um in the description of the expo, uh start by saying Map Montreal is exhibiting micro mapping works of all form, sculptural, filming, installation, art, augmented reality, immersive or responsive. So can you maybe dissect a little bit this uh <laughs> this sentence a little bit and talk to us about all these type of uh project I guess exhibited here?
1: Micromapping can be in many forms as as you just read. It can it can be interactive, non interactive, uh, and with many approach, it's still a very new art form. So you want to show the variety of uh, proposition in this uh, exhibition.
0: Another things also got my attention in the description. You guys say they transform our perception of digital art practices from the technical and hermetic uh, to bring us to a more sensuous perspective. And then you go on to say the exhibition makes us question the multiple spaces we occupy both individually and collectively to invoke our collective imagine- imaginaries. So maybe also can you dissect a little bit uh, that what, uh, what you guys want to do with this exhibition from uh, with these artists participating?
1: The, the nature of uh, projection, projection mapping is to, to reflect uh, and, and play with our perception of re- reality through light, space, and time. And uh, this year, the, the, the theme of the festival is uh, imaginary, collective imaginary. So it's, it's, uh, it's how, as ourselves, we, we, how we approach the art is, um, is, is an individual experience, but also a collective experience.
0: Uh, maybe if you can tell us which artists are participating in the exhibit... And maybe after we can do a tour maybe and see some of the work and talk about them uh, specifically?
1: Yes, we have um, five artists exhibiting in this, uh, this year edition. We have a collective from, uh, from France who, ha- who, having, who is uh, pro- presenting an at- interactive uh, um, installation that, um, that put a reflection on uh, gender relations. Uh, we also have uh, it's a collective OXO we have uh, an artist called Fred Tritou, who uh, whose uh, his artwork is called Azil, and it's about um, alienation in society. We have um, Manuel Cantre, who is uh, proposing uh, um, a study of about light and space, with his artwork Isochron. Um, we have um, Anteism and in, uh, in collaboration with uh, David David Johnston, who is proposing. Um, an installation that shows the how an art, artificial intelligence is writing poems. It's quite uh, interesting. And we have uh, the collective uh, Black Box, who is uh, proposing a new way to experience um, an artwork.
0: So I guess now we can maybe just get up and you can talk
1: more specifically. So this is, uh, is a from Manuel Cantre. And... Um, I think you cannot see, but I can yeah. explain to you. is a is a projection of light, um, a variation of light. How light reflects on three D structure. The the structure is made by a um, parametric, so by by um, computer um, data. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We are in front of the B gender from collective OXO actress. They from Belgium, and uh, it's. Um, they the approach uh, gender relationship where they, they show that how men um, is uh, prominent in many fields. And they invite people to, to put their hands on the table and by collectively putting our hands, we need to be four to activate. And uh, we, if four people and more put their hands on the table, they activate an animation that shows what's behind the screen where, where the women have a presence there.
0: You know, this uh, this is a good example of uh, how to see projection mapping differently. Like I said, most people might be more familiar with it in the context of more commercial uh, setting or concerts. And we see that's a good example of, um, you know, approaching uh, specific social justice issues.
1: Yes, through the, the, the exhibition, we try... Like mapping is often uh, connected to um, aesthetics and uh, visual. And we want to show that... Uh, the, crea- the creative process, uh, proposal can be social uh, as well. So this um, object interactive no, number two of uh, Collective Black Box is a reflection of, on, this, on mapping in the art space. Usually a frame, when we present it in a gallery, we cannot touch it. But this one, they invite the people to, to, touch, to touch a frame and the artwork reacts with the physics of how we move the frames.
0: Yes, yeah, so for people, who obviously they can see, but it's a frame inside it. You see circles, and then now it's moving the frame, and then the animation or the visual inside it actually moves. So that's that's another also very interesting aspect to projection mapping is uh, interactivity.
1: Yes, it's uh, a nice proposal of interactive uh, micro-mapping. Mm-hmm. And now we are in front of Adzio from Fred Tretou, and um, he's using um, an approach that... Uh, it's very common to projection mapping, which is uh, optical 3D effects. So in, through projection and how we play with optical illusion, he create a, a 3D world in a 2D s- space. His question is about alienation of a character inside a fantastical world.
0: For this one, I don't know if you can speak of that, but I saw a quote from uh, architect... Uh Audrey Boger, and she talks there's a historical uh, reference in this one, and I think if I remember correctly, she was talking about how projection mapping at the beginning wanted to break perspective. Can you speak about that in this piece?
1: Yes, the the starting point of projection mapping has been to how to play with our perception of reality and, and trick our minds through uh, the optical effects. And uh, for example, one of the uh, first projection mapping what that had been done that is at that time is projection mapping was not a term it was it was the example is uh, how disney used uh, projection on uh, on um, how to say mannequin plastic models for yeah. their haunted house to create the position that, that those models are alive mm-hmm. people
0: already you can see but the piece is on a corner
1: like one of the the the, the power of projection mapping is to transform space and to make something alive and it's remind a lot of uh, the beginning of cinema when for people before that the, a picture doesn't move and cinema make the pictures move and uh, now we're used to it but at that time it was uh, magical for the people to see movies for the first time and uh, projection mapping pushed that things on another step where they, they, they create uh, an illusion of uh, of um, of space
0: it's interesting you mentioned that I remember reading an, an interview that I think for Never apart and you mentioned you made the this parallel between cinema 100 years ago and how it is the biggest industry today and you talked about how you see the potential of projection mapping maybe to become the same thing.
1: Um I would not say that projection mapping is the same thing that cinema but there's some parallels between the the two uh, the two medium and um the parallel I I, I would like to emphasize is like that uh, projection mapping right now is, is a little bit like the beginning of cinema where the, the art form, is um, the techniques of the art form is impressing people, but all the language and the, the maturity of, of the practice still have a lot of development to do. And for that, we need more people to, to try and, and propose uh, their vision of that practice.
0: So, yes, there's the next piece here on the table. You know, when I came here at the Vernissage, some people, I mean, it's so convincing and some people thought these were flyers and were trying to take them off the table. For people, like, they can't see it, but it's, uh, there's paper sort of glued on the table and then there's projection on the, these papers, making them look like they're flyers and the text is printed on them, but it's projection, right?
1: It's projection and um, artificial intelligence in, uh, will be more and more present in our life and also in the art world. So this is uh, this this question is exposed the, the creative process of an AI creating poem in real time but what we see right now is not real time it was pre-recorded but this recorded real time process of a computer creating a poem with the cutting and pasting and writing the the structure of the poem
0: Oh wow that's interesting so the text we're seeing here projected on the table it looks like you know, like someone writing a text and correcting, copy-pasting, cutting. This is created by an AI.
1: Yes, if you if you look closely, the the, the how to say the the action is very mechanical. So it's it's all uh, created by a, a computer. Through um, it's an algorithm. I I've always forget the name of the algorithm, but neural net uh, generative text algorithm. We passed through. This is uh, the last uh, piece of the this uh, micro mapping exhibition.
0: So, uh, just final question. All of this exhibits we are having right now. It's in the Never Apart Gallery, as I mentioned. So, can you talk to us more about this gallery and maybe the, its mandates as well?
1: So, d- this gallery have been opening about the just a little before we we. Um, we did Map Montreal, so we basically uh, start ab- about the same time and when I met them they they, they welcome us like a, a member of their family so it's, a, it's been a very nice relation with them and their, their mission is uh, is about um, one of the f- main mission is uh, to uh, to have a space for the LGBTQ community, but they want uh, that commu- community a creative community to not to be on uh, by themselves but uh, with, with all the other com- communities so that's why we're part. Of them I would I like to add that the the Never part is about uh, social change through uh, cultural and artistic proposition, and um, they are established in the malex where we we as, as an events have our events mostly in the malex and the Milan. It's a it's a very creative and still developing um, hub in Montreal and you saw like recently this uh, element AI in the middle that have been, been installed so it's, uh, it's going to be the, the uh, very strong uh, technological hub and creative technological creative hub in Montreal.
0: Well, thank you very much. You know, I hope all that will get people interested. It's very interested new form of visual digital arts, uh, not new new, but it's uh, still at the stage of uh, developing and experimenting. And so, this is the end of our first part, I guess, for the interview. Tomorrow, we're going to talk, uh, maybe get into more into projection mapping, talking more historically the future, how accessible is it, and so on. So thank you very much for talking to me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, f- follow us on Facebook and our website and Instagram. The, the Facebook, just, uh, just Google Map MapMTL, and you're going to find uh, basically all those uh, uh, sites. Cinema Politica Concordia invites you to the Quebec premiere of two films that critically explore the impact of Duarte's fascist government in the Philippines. Beast Mode, A Social Experiment, and The Mortician of Manila on Monday, November 11th. Director Lea Borromeo will be in attendance for a discussion after the film. Beast Mode is an explosive take on pop
0: culture and the violent spectacle in the country, while The Mortician of Manila captures the devastation caused
1: by its so-called war on drugs. The screening of Beast Mode and The Mortician of Manila will take place in Concordia's Hall building, room H-110, on Monday, November 11th at 7 p.m. For more information, go to cinemapolitica.org. We hope to see you there. Expozine 2019. 18th Annual Small Press Comic and Zine Fair. Happening November 16th and 17th. Nearly 300 publishers from across the continent and beyond. Independent writers, artists, activists, and small presses gathering for Montreal's biggest ever zine fair. That's Exposine 2019, November 16th and 17th from 11 to 6 p.m. Free admission at 1025 Belanger, Jatalon Metro. Visit exposine.ca for more information. A CKUT co-presentation.
0: Welcome everyone. My name is Saussan Kadura. I'm still listening to Digital Sites. So we are doing the, the second part of the interview we started yesterday, focused on projection mapping. And I have with me again Tien Wudang from Map Montreal. He's the founder and artistic director. So he's with me right now in the studio. thank you, Tian, for joining me again.
1: Hello, thank you very much me again.
0: So and then we are now joined for the second part by Saulo Madrid. He's joining us on Skype. And he's also with MAP Montréal. He is responsible of the curatorial and strategic development of the festival. So thank you, Saulo, for joining us as well. Thank you for having me. I guess at the first part, we started talking a little bit about what is projection mapping. We talked about Map Montréal in particular, but projection mapping in general. We talked about micro uh, mapping. We talked about the exhibit that uh, Map Montréal is having right now in Never Apart Gallery. So again, this exhibit focuses on micro mapping, which is a type of projection mapping. And it's happening or going on until December 4th. So that's a reminder to go check it out. And during the second part of this uh, interview, I want us to kind of discuss more what is projection mapping. uh, So people get a better idea and maybe talk a bit historically what it is, but also maybe the potential for the future and so on. But I want to start the first question I want to start is to maybe explain to us uh, what is projection mapping technically, how you can do it. So it's called projection mapping, so that means you're projecting something. So I'm assuming you need a projector. So I guess the first part is, can we, if a creator or an artist is listening to us right now, can we just start experimenting and using a simple projector? Or do we need high-end projectors for that? And the second part of the question, maybe that relates to the software, um, how is it it is done? So once you have a projector and uh, you're ready to project on a building or an object, how logically can you take a projection and map it or make it wrap around a specific object, taking into account all the shape and the detail of the object and so on. So I guess I'm gonna start with Tien
1: uh, with you. Yes, so projection mapping is um, using projector in a creative way to map any surfaces. So projector, projector are made to to project on a screen. So when you we project on, on an unconventional surface, we need um, software to, use to do that. And uh, in the more affordable software, there's um, a Modulate, of um, MadMapper of Modulate, mm-hmm. and there's also the Resolume Arena software that is quite affordable for uh, any um, beginning artist to use. And uh, with just any projectors, you don't need a very big projector, a small projector. You can start with that and, and test mapping. And for bigger, more complex uh, mapping, where we you need like more than one project projector on a very big surface, there's high, more high-end media players for that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Salu, do you have anything to add to this?
2: Um, I think that um, over time it has uh, changed, and as Tim said, there's uh, different scales of um, of, of, of mapping. Uh, also considering that it could be used with augmented reality uh, with you know, different softwares that add on to, you know, augmenting a surface in itself. So that I think that there's a, quite a vast spectrum now um, and also that mixes different technologies as well. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to add that
1: this is, uh, the, the artist center, Pardesignal, they're developing, some organizations are developing open source mapping software like MapMap Map by Pardesignal and even the artist uh, User Zero developed free Freeliner open source mapping software.
0: And are these software like for now, are they good enough to do very complex uh, project or are they good enough for creators to start experimenting, I guess?
1: Yes, it's for beginning creators to experiment with it.
0: Okay. so the reason I'm asking that not only to for people who are not maybe creators to kind of get the idea behind it or the logic, but also to see if creators themselves, they are interested in a medium if it's accessible to them. And... uh, I relate that to a quote uh, Tian you gave during an interview for Never Apart Gallery, and you talked about how in Map Montreal you guys want to promote this medium and gradually democratize it. What do you think needs to be done to really make it more uh, accessible to people and, peop- and creators to be involved?
1: I think uh, the, the development of projection mapping going to come with more artistic mind, creative mind coming into it, and experiment with it and think, propose new ideas and the more accessible and the more democratic the technical projection mapping can be the the more people gonna go into and that's one of the things we do at map montreal with for example the the even minute mapping where we we take care of all the technical part and people just need to create and we we create the the pixel map uh, the template and we do the integration so the mm-hmm. During the minute mapping, the, the the art-perspecting creators just need to create. But uh, if, if they want to learn by themselves, I think they can find on YouTube all the information how to do it by themselves.
0: Can you give us more information about minute mapping?
1: Yes, minute mapping is actually a, a precursor of the MAP Festival. It's, uh, it used to be a monthly events where creators meet uh, and propose an idea in, in the form of a 60-second video. So that it's an open event. Mm -hmm. Anyone can participate. Now it's every year during the festival. So we launch a call of participants. Mm -hmm. We decide of which surface. For example, in 2016, during the first year of Math Montreal, the surface was a living human body. So everyone has to create for the surface of a human body. And we send people to register. We send the, the template. People create on it. They send us back the video. And then we integrate the video and we present it during the festival.
0: And uh, Saulo, do you have anything to add about, you know, accessibility and democratizing the medium?
2: Um, I think that, um, uh, well, first of all, I think that uh, minute mapping is a really great example. For example, uh, what um, Tian was talking about, creating a link uh, between, you know, uh, artists that are not necessarily that aware with certain parts of technology or that, you know, are doing graphic design, photography, et cetera, uh, one of the things that is encouraged, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but what I found exciting was that you have people from many fields that are exciting, excited to um, be able to project on many surfaces and uh, bring it to life. So in a way, I think that the festival, the intention of MAP uh, Festival is uh, to make it democratic. I think any, any form of technology or tool, the more, the, the more people of uh, different artistic backgrounds get involved, um, the more it becomes not only uh, democratic but also interesting uh, in terms of uh, the practice, and that's for example even micro mapping may seem uh, maybe to some which I don't think it is uh, niche, but it actually it encourages people to have a more uh, personal relationship with uh, with mapping rather than just thinking of a gigantic structure that it's really expensive to do. So I think that's part of the democratization of the medium as well. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess the next uh, the next question I want to ask really, uh, we're talking about now, but I want to go back a bit historically. If you guys can talk about how projection mapping started. When I was doing a little bit of research, I was surprised to see or to learn that the first manifestation of projection mapping, it was in 1969. And I think Disney used something Uh, like that in their right, and there's other example in the 80s. So I was kind of surprised. I think people generally link it to now, the 2000s and the digital world. So can you maybe talk to us about the beginning and how we got to what we got today, which is very, really increasingly popular medium?
2: Well, I think that what happened in the 60s and 70s was also the presentation of um, cinegraphic video work, so it happened often in uh within the uh within institutions so you can trace it sort of historically in in two ways so sort of there's uh the the wave of i guess i would say that of uh, how and um tin and i began to work together when he was vjing but also creating um mapping installations within um, uh, the canadian center for architecture but Thinking back, the 60s and 70s, it was also conceptual artists who were um, not necessarily mapping because they didn't have necessarily the uh, the, the software or the tools, but they were mapping on uh, buildings or different surfaces, certain messages. But that was more part of conceptualism and post-conceptualism. Um, and I think that often c- contemporary art or contemporary could be amnesiac. And so one of the things that People think that it's in the 2000s. is because people started making a lot more monumental uh, mapping, and studios have also, you know, done, you know, churches, you know, uh, with the development. So people think that it, you know, it, it's quite recent. But what is quite recent is the ability and the and the scale and structural uh, ways of uh, of mapping, making and building this appear, reappear, and also the commercial and uh, interest of huge brands that can pay for that. In the past, it was more in the realm of, of museology or uh, more, let's say, conceptual artists. So I, I think that's the huge difference and why people are more aware of it now is because it's, you know, Target or uh, any other huge company or city will pay for a uh, a large scale uh, mapping. So in people's consciousness, they think, oh, this is from the 2000s rather than thinking that it started somewhere else um, where, where it was possibly less accessible and less democratized as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add?
1: Yes, like uh, what had been done in the 70s and 80s, I think people didn't know it was mapping. They were they just doing it without knowing it was mapping. I think what we know now as mapping is what, what I call it modern mapping. And the, the modern mapping came with the, the movement of the VJs. And like one of the biggest festival of VJs in the world is Mapping Festival. And at that time when they start the Mapping Festival, the mapping wasn't done yet. For them, mapping is just projecting in, in many screens. It was not the mapping. So so true that, that this festival where that festival was supported by uh, Modulate, who developed the mat, mat Mapper software and a collective like pioneers, uh, like very, very interesting artists from the collective Anti VJ, uh, help a lot to development of the modern mapping.
0: Mm-hmm. An aspect of projection mapping, I think, is very interesting. Is the element when and the element of interactivity is actually introduced, and that takes projection mapping, I think, and you guys can tell me what you think. But it takes it to a whole other level. People are talking about creating this whole immersive, interactive, responsive um, uh, environment. Can you maybe talk more about the element of interactivity and how much does it will it, can it play to make projection mapping? a medium that can create this uh, very immersive world that we relate to uh, virtual reality with the headsets and so on. Interactivity
1: is quite interesting because it's, uh, it's like, we have a question like, is video games art? And and video game is a very special kind of art that other art cannot do where, where the, the, the spectator, the player is very connected mm-hmm. to the environment and the game they're doing. So interactivity use that, that connection with, with the art. But we have to see that... Um, that is a tool to, to achieve an, an idea. And uh, it have to be taught about how to use it and not just say everything interactive is interesting. Is how do you use the, the other tools that you have? It can be interactive, it can be generative, it can be artificial intelligence to express uh, what you want to say.
0: Saulo?
2: I, I think actually um, the continuum what Chen says is absolutely right. I think that for one... Um, there's also, uh, when um, Chen said that there's no uh, necessarily connection between um, um, interaction and if it's interesting, um, it's also like, you know, how the medium progresses. And, um, but I want to make a, a big distinction, between, especially when we're speaking about immersive environments, is that um, interactive, as um, uh, the way that Chen was saying, is that it's really more, there's a huge difference between uh, interactive and, re- and, and responsive environments. Often people mistake uh, the two, so for example in French I've looked for the equivalent of responsive media or responsive uh, installation or immersive uh, which often is using projectors and uh, a lot of people, you know, they get caught up with sort of like interacting, you move your hand and it just reacts and the difference with responsive is that it's a lot more organic and it actually happens more through immersion. So become aware of your movement etc not with the f- just first level of interaction so it's 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 quite charged and um, we're living more in a mixed reality um, type of economy and immersion and so I think that map is, uh, mapping, video mapping is part of all um, almost all of these things like using artificial intelligence using augmented reality um, using responsive and using interaction and I think that that is part of a larger discourse that has to do with Um, The way that we are currently more, uh, pardon the pun, uh, responsive as humans to uh, interactive, responsive, augmented reality uh, and video mapping itself, augmenting um, a space and having a different perspective because we're we're bombarded by image and technology. So you almost need to be immersed often to have a kind of different perspective on what you're looking at or a more close relationship to it. But it's important to make a difference between uh, interactive and and, and responsive and immersive um, as as I feel that we're more going towards um, a mixed reality type of environment.
0: Uh, I saw like an example of the potential of maybe that will get us to discuss more the potential projection mapping. One example from urban projections, they were talking about using projection mapping to create interactive uh, environment for individuals who have alternative perception of the world. So people who have sight loss, uh, hearing impairment, autism, and so on. So they they were talking about potentially creating this environment for people who have different way to perceive the world. So that's... I'm assuming that's like a good example of why you're adding an interactive element maybe to the environment you're creating.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's um, different ways of, of adding interaction and responsiveness to, to make, for example, as you said, uh, or even using it within you know, an airport or uh, something that becomes soothing, um, you know, that calms people down or that actually helps, that's more didactic. Um, that serves as an, as an education tool. I think you know even a really good example is initiating um, young people um, uh, as uh, ha- what happened in, uh, during map festival um, where map hosted uh, with Tien at at the, at the Grand Bibliothèque Nationale um, a, a, a gigantic uh, monumental um, mapping experience where children were, Given sort of you know four different types of universes, and then they were actively learning about technology and sort of you know bridges a sort of intergenerational gap. So you have parents there, an artist there, children there, and that actually brings a community together. And I find that um, to be, as you're saying, a really good example. And then it can be used as well, um, you know, with people with medical issues, et cetera. Um, but I think that um, that is also, you know, sort of it goes also loops back to to the idea of democratization and and, and why it's important is because it 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 can occupy many functions, and in this case I think that map showed, um, you know, and people the people's reaction with you know and children seeing you know all their drawings in a gigantic mosaic um, on on a very large building in Montreal was was quite impressive in fact, and I think that it, it goes to show that interact and in that case, it wasn't you know interactive, but it it was the software that was interacting with um, people. But interaction as well um, can create many different um, ways for people to be more engaged, if I can put it that way. But I, I think that it's uh, it has so many tools that are also beneficial.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: art can be
1: very therapeutic, and uh, with with the new uh, development of new technologies, it just uh, augmented but the potential of of what we can do with it.
0: Another interesting thing, because it's about uh, reinventing, just to add to the discussion, it's about reinventing spaces. How much can it play a role in reappropriating certain spaces? I saw an example. I don't have all the information, but I remember seeing an example of a project was done in Australia where a lot of indigenous artists were invited. So they did this projection mapping project on an 1800 building. I think now it's a university. And inside the building, they have a lot of indigenous artifacts. And, you know, in the context of colonization, obviously a lot of these artifacts were stolen and so on. And so the project was to invite indigenous artists to recolor the, um, the building itself. So you have this huge projection mapping uh, happening on the building where the indigenous artists kind of reappropriated for a little bit that building and what it symbolizes for them. So I guess my question is in terms of uh, how much of a role it can play also not only community buildings, but also in these type of maybe very issues that are based on social justice and political issues or reappropriating spaces uh, that might be controversial and so on.
1: Yes, that's a very, very good example of how, how we can use projection mapping. Like as you know, image, movies is very powerful. But imagine the power of image and movies in an envirom- environment in the environment that have an, an add to the meaning. So you have the meaning of the content and you have the meaning of the space where the content is projected. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of projection mapping.
2: Saulo you have anything to add? Yeah, I think that, um, um, even a lot of, um, a, a lot, one of the things that, um, uh, first discussions that, uh, you know, we've had over, over time with Tian also that made me really interested was, um, about video mapping in itself as a, as a discipline, but also as, as something that changes is that um, you, you can go from something very specific, just very beautiful, and then actually have an impact on uh, with different different people around the world, basically, and also um, creating, I don't know if Tian would want to talk about, you know, the efforts of MAP and, and working in different situations where people can tell their own narratives. Um, so um, th- there's definitely um, an really a will um from map and from tien that that i find really admirable that uh and inspiring that he's also trying to be able to uh, give a more democratized tool in order for people to tell their 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 stories um you know uh, in different parts of canada uh, at least and i think um that he will be doing possibly in japan as well and i think that um it, it definitely is a tool for people to, if you're them the tool to tell the narrative that they would not be able to tell otherwise. Um, and I think that that definitely helps um, at least, uh, you know, start a dialogue, maybe not fix necessarily a historical problem, but at least um, gives uh, a platform for people to have a dialogue um, while using digital media.
1: Yes, um, projection mapping is a very impressive um, medium of, of expression. So, giving them to to the people to express themselves is one of the things we we uh, is in our mission to do. And we we have on on plan a few projects with indigenous people to to collaborate with them to to give them this, that that tool of expression. Like uh, this year, we we gave that tool to kids to to create something that's going to show on the on the big facade of the Grand Bibliothèque, which is. Quite I think they never dream about that, and even man, many people c- couldn't believe they could do something for that s- such a big facade, and we, we showed kids that, hey, you, you can do that, and they were very proud of what they did.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the potential for the future, I guess, of projection mapping. Any thoughts about that, maybe in terms of technology or any um, you know awareness and so on? How do you see it going, and where do you want to see it go as well?
1: So, um, I mean, how to say, te- technology... Like the projection mapping one of the the power of project ma- mapping is uh, is the power to marvel people through the to what is, is this is in front of a, of them and uh, the, the more the technology is invisible the more the the, the magic happens mm. so it's good to see the development of magic uh, of technology but uh, the artists and the creators always have to think like how to, to make people forget about the technology
2: mm-hmm Saulo? Yeah, I think that um, um, I definitely agree with that. I think that there's a, a, a very interesting um, way for in, in all technologies um, where once it's the more it becomes seamless, um, what you're actually looking at, uh, the more it actually adds to the poetry and actually um, becomes part of, 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 I would say, a kind of a cultural um, shift. Um, we're 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 not just sort of obsessed with um, the type of technology that we're using, but more with the um, the thought, the message, uh, and sort of the poetry. And I think that as it moves, on, as as we move forward, and you know, uh, technology is as we know happens uh, or is transforming so fast, right? So there's softwares every day. There's new hardware, but I think that the most important part is. Is to go back to sort of uh, actually having a message um, or s- being able to say something more poetic so when you watch a film you're not necessarily thinking of how it was filmed uh, what type of camera it was used uh, when you're reading a book you're not wondering what type of machine it was you know you're actually just reading a message mm-hmm. and i think that that um, as powerful uh, as any medium can be i think the most powerful thing is uh, when it becomes uh, quite seamless um, to what you're looking at, and then you actually get sort of the poetry or the imagination um, behind somebody's idea.
1: And I would like to add that one of the big game changers that we can have in our life in any field is the how the development of artificial intelligence. And we are not very far from from the movie, the very the masterpiece of Stanley Kubrick, 2001: White Space Odyssey. So, our, our relation—how we gonna work with the machine? Gonna be very interesting in the development of of a creative technology.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, if we're gonna, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're gonna bring back this discussion to Montreal, um, you guys focus your work here in Montreal. So, how do you see projection mapping happening here in the city? Do you see enough interest? Is there enough artists working? there? And, you guys uh, in uh, map Montreal you do collaboration internationally so how do you also see Montreal in c- comparison to other cities
1: I think Montreal is very very unique and um, there's a very strong hub of uh, creative mind Montreal is always known for its creativity but in ma- in, ma- in the field of projection mapping is like if you look like for example the one of the biggest city in in Canada Toronto the, Mapping field is very, very not developed compared to Montreal, and Montreal is like one of the, of the most important mapping hub in the world. With, with one of the biggest studio that we have is Moment Factory, and we have all, also a lot of other studio and a lot of, of uh, creators.
0: Mm-hmm. Sáulo,
2: uh, well, uh, part of uh, my job is to create international, um, <laughs> uh, and development. So um, my practice is actually not based much here. Um, So coming back uh, to to work um, on on, on MAP uh, and being away for a long time, it has been really impressive to see um, the level of accessibility that you have here, uh, that people have in in Montreal compared to other really big cities where you think that it would be as accessible as it is here, and it actually really isn't. And so people are definitely looking to Montreal as a hub of, of development, in fact of technologies and and making it easy to use as well um and so for me that's quite interesting in that sense that i see the how we can collaborate with you know people in different cities uh and in different countries because they're seeing you know montreal is becoming sort of like this not it's not it's not becoming it has become this hub that people are becoming more and more aware i was just in new york with different um, potential um, uh, collaborators. And, you know, they're like, oh, we have to come to Montreal. So Montreal has this sort of attraction and it's becoming this pole of attraction for a lot of people internationally um, in terms of mapping, especially, um, because it's not as easily as accessible in, in other places. And that's sort of surprising.
1: Yes, and as maybe you can add to that, Saulo, but since yeah. uh, America is uh, this is a quite a new, uh, how to say, uh, continent, they, they, they're, not, uh, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not fidget in traditional thinking. So they're very open to, to new yeah. things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, because I spent most of my time uh, based out of Paris and in, in London. And so, um, and even in London. So a lot of people, um, I think that, um, I think that Tien is quite right. I think that um, in the Americas and especially uh, in Canada, there's a sort of, I think that uh culturally um being very open also adds to this sort of uh, fearlessness of creating of of, of making things democratic of not necessarily being behind you know uh, this huge artistic institution so you have you know also from like um from private studios from you know to you know places like the sat uh for example who are basically creating new paradigms for other people so people when you start showing them, um, you know, uh, what is being done here, people are like amazed, even uh, with the video mapping festival, uh, you know, when, when I send people what, what is happening here, or I'm, you know, away, um, people are blown away kind of saying, wow, this is incredible, we have to come and visit, and this this is major excitement about it, and I think that's, that's fantastic, and I think it's also, a, it really has to do a lot with, um, not needing to break barriers from like, you know, history, because, you know, as Chen as said, is, is, is this sort of um, a continent where people are more accepting or uh, of, of newness or want, want newness in a certain way. It's, it's almost part of its DNA.
0: So, to finish, I guess, the interview, uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add about projection mapping, about uh, Map Montreal, things we didn't cover in these two parts uh, a series, I guess, focus on projection mapping. So, I'm going to start with Tian, if anything you want to add to the discussion.
1: So, if you're interested in that kind of practice, follow us uh, on, on Facebook and come to see our events. And have, um, if you have uh, the courage to participate to the minute mapping and show what, what you can do,
2: <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Saulo? Um I think that um I think that uh, one of the things that I find quite interesting with um video mapping and just generally speaking is um the way that um the contemporary art world is turning to uh digital media and mapping uh very specifically um to create new ways of um uh, of adapting to to the economy in fact so it's sort of almost happening in reverse um so you see galleries uh in New York like PaceX um, team lab who create you know in tokyo um a, a completely digital um museum so i think that it's happening worldwide but i think uh that it's interesting to see how it's affecting um uh it's not affecting but di- being disruptive in a, in a positive way within the art world actually and i think that's something to look out for
0: uh, joining me uh, in studio was Tien Voudang. Tien is the founder and artistic director of Map Montreal. And also joining us on Skype was Saulo Madrid. Saulo is responsible for the curatorial and strategic development of the festival. So, Map Montreal, again, as a reminder, is a nonprofit organization that has the mission to promote. Uh, projection mapping which was the topic of uh, today's show map montreal also reminder final reminder that map montreal is having an exhibit right now in never apart gallery it's going on until december 4th and the exhibit is focused on micro mapping in particular which is a kind of projection mapping so thank you again tian and saulo for joining me today thanks to you so my name is sausan kadura and you are listening to digital sites And that's it uh, for today. Uh, Thank you very much for joining me for this first episode of our new show, Digital Sites. Make sure to join me again next month for a new episode. Digital Sites will be aired every first Thursday of every month from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. So for one hour, we will be talking about different digital sites you might have seen around you, whether it's printed online or even projected on buildings like we did today. Next show, I will cover a couple of more digital sites. One of them is the new Extinction logo that you probably saw online, uh, shared on social media, printed on posters or banners during protests, climate protest. This logo seems to uh, become uh, the symbol of a movement. So make sure to join me again next month. Uh, we will be covering this uh, this logo and more. And um, so, yeah, that's it for today. My name is Sausan Kadura. I was your host for the hour. Thank you very much for listening.